Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. And today we are talking about an amazing new platform. And on the, the podcast today is Sheena Franklin, and she is the CEO of a company called Well-Kept Beauty. Sheena, I'm so glad we finally got this on the calendar and got to record today. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to a great conversation. Absolutely. Well, for those that don't know Sheena, her background is not like entrepreneurship and startup. In fact, it was in this, the government relations space. Uh, she spent time at companies like Grant Thornton. She's been in the political compliance space, et cetera. And, and here you are, Sheena, now starting your own business. And I'd love to start with, talk about your decision to build your own business and get it launched. Yes. Um, so that's a great question. And from for myself, I think it's it's definitely not a, a, a typical pathway or even straight and narrow. So as you mentioned before, I was in government relations, which is a nice way of saying lobby. Right. So I'm not afraid in the to use the L word yep. <laughs> at all. And like you said, um, Grant Thornton with compliance, and then most recently I was with Walgreens and various industries, you know, healthcare, retail, and beauty, and all those kind of merged together to set me on this course. And while I was, you know, doing work with cosmetic legislative reform, I just really started to understand how there was a lack of protective policies when it came to cosmetics and personal care. Sure. You know, from limited ingredient review. So interesting enough, the government has this stance that if it hasn't proven to be harmful, then it's okay. Sure. I thought was a little shaky myself. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, and no free market approval. And so how do you know how do we address these issues? You know, the, it's being consumer driven first with food and now we're seeing it in beauty. And then, you know, I experienced my own problem. You know, I experienced um, expired products and then the wrong natural ingredient. And so after, you know, just really working myself um, back to a healthy place, I was like, someone has to do something, connect all these groups together using data and technology. And like so many entrepreneurs, I said, why not me? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Well, and so I was doing my homework before the podcast and, you know, Well-Kept Beauty, and for those that are not familiar with the platform, a mobile platform empowering consumers to track and monitor cosmetic ingredients and performance. Okay. So, wow. Okay. So how does that work? Like, how did, how did you figure that out? Yeah. So first it was just me, you know, going to my esthetician and her going through the products. And then like most women, I went to Facebook and Reddit and, you know, Reddit is really powerful when it comes to skincare. And, you know, there's hundreds of women out there who have spreadsheets and sticky notes and notepads. And so that's how I really got the idea is really, you know, a spreadsheet, but smarter. Like how do we put this on our phone and how, how can we give reminders to ourselves? That's really was the the base of it. Sure. Wow. And did you leverage your network or like you, you in terms of getting the mobile platform built? How did you get down the path with that piece of it? So um, I don't have you know the tech uh, background, so I did leverage my uh, network a little bit. But obviously, you know, I went to places you know that had freelance developers, and I just really did a lot of research and trying sure. to figure out. Who can help me just get a basic 
you know, less than $5,000 concept out there that I then can test. And that's what I did. You know, um, I had to be scrappy and different because I didn't come from that world. Sure. No question. And then as you were developing out the platform and this whole idea, like what was the feedback you were getting or how did you test your theories on, you know, uh, on this working? Yeah. So I used three methods. One was just good old fashioned, foot to the pavement, going to the event <laughs> and talking to people, reading their reactions. Um, and then a lot of women would just say, oh, I'm going to download it right now. And I would have to say, <laughs> nice. well, it's not in it. Right. So that was positive. And then the next step was doing um, surveys, just serving folks. Um, what do you think? Do you do this? Do you do that? Um, and then from there, once I had a product, I started doing face-to-face interviews with some of those folks from the survey pool. Or I would go to Facebook. I would even go on Twitter and I would say, hey, like, I have this product. I'm looking for reviewers. You know, please come out. It's free dinner. Those types of things. And that really got me going and folks interested in really proved to me like there was a, a need, not just a market sure. for it. Yeah. Well, it's really... Okay. So here's a, a sidebar question for you. So your undergrad is in English and poli-sci. Oh, by the way, from Clark Atlanta here in Atlanta where I live. Yes. Um, shout I love out that. to <laughs> <laughs> Your master's is in legislative affairs and concentration in corporate public affairs. And then now you're in like the mobility entrepreneurial like is that weird or are you like does it fuel you how does that come together in your world (laughs) you know ironically because what i did was i did a lot of i'll break it down to this way so there's you know the the typical lobbying that we think about going on the hill stating your position right that translates to what i'm doing especially when i'm talking to um investors and also also my customers, right? Like how I'm, how am I framing the question to get you to be open and honest about, are you going to use this product? Better yet, are you going to pay for this product? Right. And then there's (laughs) an element of grassroots, which we all hear about, you know, on MSNBC or Fox news, depending on what you listen to is getting out there and talking to people, email campaigns, marketing, messaging, it's all the same thing and carrying over into this world, especially in the beginning. Like I have to be out there talking to people. I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to launch elaborate marketing campaigns. So I have to be out there meeting people where they are. Sure. Don't trend. It doesn't seem like it, but it really does. No, I, I get can it. convince a lot of people to do things for me. <laughs> I'm sure you were a lobbyist. I mean, let's face it. All right. So all right, back to the platform here. So talk about this whole idea of Kind of the how it works. So search, track, monitor, alert. If I'm a consumer and I'm I'm listening to our podcast today, like and I download it, what what what's my experience and how do I engage? Yeah, absolutely. So once you download it, open the app, you'll go to your profile. And from this profile, you'll see different options such as to add my product, um, add your skincare routine, and then you can add your allergies. And so how you would do it in adding your product is you can either First by brand, so you would enter in your brand name, and then you would enter in the product name, and that product will come up. You click on that product, it will take you to a, a more extensive entry screen, and all you have to do is enter in where you purchased it and where you opened it, and then we'll take care of the rest. You add another step to click Add to My Collection, and there it is. Then you can click on that product, and we'll ask you different questions. 
what do I like about this product? What I don't like about this product? How can it be improved? And there you can put it. I don't like the consistency. It's too heavy. It's too oily. The smell is awful. Why do they change it? <laughs> well, you know, things like that. Or it breaks me out. But you can keep that together. And then also in the allergy listing screen, right. you will list out, say, for, for myself, for example, I can't use anything floral. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's a hard lesson learned. <laughs> hard right. lesson learned. <laughs> You're the um, expert, not Mia. <laughs> so I will say anything but floral. Um, I can even be more, you know, in depth and say lavender. And then I will list out this is what happens to me. You say that. Um, and then on the back end, what we start to do is we, we use, you know, smart tech to say, okay, this is Sheena's habit over the course of time. This is what she's telling us she doesn't like. And so the next time someone refers something to you or you're in the store, you can either do one or two things. You can click on your ads, you listening and say, yep, that product has it. I don't want it. Or when you're going through the process of adding it into your profile, we'll get to the point where we can send you an alert and say, hey, Sheena, you shouldn't use that product because X, Y, and Z. You said it causes this problem. That those types of things. And then there's another skincare feature where you list out every product in your routine, morning, night, weekend, whatever it may be, and you can add notes in there too. So it's all about creating this hyper-personalized experience, not based on consumer reviews and feedback or basically just aggregated data from a series of users. It's more targeted to each user. Interesting. Yeah. And then how do you see the platform evolving as you get more and more users on it? Yeah. So interesting enough, we want to start by sending you alerts when your product expires. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then as we'll grow, we'll say, okay, stay away from this product or, you know, we'll continue to add in things such as these products are counter-reacting with each other. Stay away from that. And even are you having adverse reaction? Let us know. We'll let the brand know. We'll let the FDA know. Which is a loophole in the legislation sure. that we can probably talk about later. Um, and then just creating this great database. So we're really hoping that we can be the industry's first comprehensive database because there isn't one. Wow. Um, Interesting. Then, okay. Yeah. And just combining that with real real-life experiences from consumers but not manipulating that, right? So I don't envision us selling this ad space and details to connect with our users. So it's just really taking a, a lean towards helping brands with product development and compliance. Sure. Wow. And so talk more about this loophole that you, you brought up. Yeah. So there's several loopholes <laughs> in the <laughs> legislation. You would know for sure, right? <laughs> Yeah, so one of those is adverse reactions. So right now, companies do not have to report to the FDA when there's adverse reactions reported. And so the FDA normally doesn't find out unless there's a class action lawsuit. Interesting. Um, Okay. Exactly. And so another loophole is no registration. So the FDA really doesn't know what's out there in the market. Um, Another loophole is expiration days. They don't regulate it, but they give suggested guidelines. Um, So what we're trying to do is how can we solve that problem for brands and the FCA? In a a simpler simpler process than having the government come in and giving us 100 pages on how to fill out a registration form. Right. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. So you've got the product out. You launched the company in the last year. 
what's your uh, method for growing your base of of interested individuals? How are you getting the message out? Like, who's your target consumer? Yeah. Um, so our target consumer right now are what we like to call our hyper beauty enthusiasts. And these are primarily women who spend, you know, over $50 a month and they routinely see a skincare professional every month. So these are your typical spa goers who are seeing an esthetician and there's roughly uh, 124 million women who do that every year. So that was a number from 2017. So that's our early market. So we do a lot of collaboration uh, with brands. We have some brand advocates and then just traditional, you know, advertising on Instagram sure. or, you know, SEO or off-store optimization, things of that nature. And so we're gearing up to rebrand and do like a rebranding launch in October. Yep. And so really looking forward to that and just increasing that more. Um, and then after that, once we build up, you know, just a more active um, consumer base, go into an affiliate program and referral programs with the estheticians themselves and further down the road, um, start to collaborate with them more on how to use the app and their treatment plans with their clients. Wow. That's fascinating. I had no idea. This is such. This is why I love this podcast. I I love learning about you know, services like yours and some of the problems that companies like yours are solving. I have to say, it's just a, uh, it's amazing. So talk about uh, you know you, um, you know making the move in the space. There's probably been some big lessons learned for you. What would be two or three of those you'd share with other entrepreneurs that are listening? Um, I would say if you are the person who has to have everything perfectly, <laughs> it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an upwards battle and, you know, full transparency. That is something that I struggle with and something that I continue to, to struggle with. Um, you know, your app is not going to be perfect every time the code is going to go wrong. It's not a matter of if, but right, when, right. and how are you going to be prepared to deal with that? You know, and that's the challenge. So that's a good one. All right. That's one. Give me one more. Um, Another one that I would say is your mental space, right? Like, <laughs> tell me about that. Together, <laughs> that's like, what? <laughs> so, you know, waking up like, am I doing the right thing or pressure or I'm not moving fast enough? And then just shutting your mind off and like trying to still get out and enjoy life because you don't want to start a company and then the whole world and your family passes you by. That's true. That's wow. one of my biggest fears. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Wow. Well, last but not least, Sheena, share with our listeners where they can engage with you, how they can get involved with your company and your, your platform. I think uh, that, that would be awesome if you could share that. Yeah. So everyone could definitely check us out on Instagram. Our handle is at wellkeptbeauty. And also go to our website and sign up for our email newsletter. And again, simple, our website is wellkeptbeauty.com. Nice. That is awesome. Well, Sheena, hey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait to see where this goes. And I uh, look forward to, to having you back on as you continue to grow the business. Absolutely. And I'm sure I will see you in Atlanta. I can't wait. For homecoming. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Let's meet up. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Gina. All right. Bye-bye. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. 
You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.